Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're so glad to have you here today, and we'd love for you to go and leave us rating and review as soon as you're done listening to this episode. We really do love those ratings and reviews. Those help other people find the podcast. Today, I'm your host, Nathan Howard. We'll be talking with Anthony Knight. He's our guest today. Anthony, so glad to have you here. Quick bio on Anthony. Anthony is the next-gen pastor at FBC Woodstock. He's finishing up his MDiv at Southern Seminary. He's been married for almost four years with two boys. He played college football at Cumberland University and loves fitness, Marvel, and DC movies. Anthony, it's great to have you on the podcast today. What's up, man? Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Excited about our topic. Yeah, me too. One question right off the bat. What is your favorite Marvel movie? Can you even do you even have a favorite or man? That's that's tough. That's tough, man. I love I love the Black Panthers. I I mean, all of the Avenger movies. It's, I mean, the last two were phenomenal. So I'm not too much of a critic and I'm not too picky. I just enjoy the ride and just go wherever Marvel takes me. So, yeah, I, I love that. I, I think sometimes that's great to take the the pressure off of ourselves of like, oh man, I've got to really analyze this. I just, I love yeah, that you put that. here for the ride. I'm something, here for the ride. Something that I started uh, kind of halfway through COVID, uh, but I started watching all the movies in chronological yep. order, like timeline order. People did that. Yes, we did yeah. too. I haven't finished it yet. It's been kind of slow because that I may go a week or a month without watching one, but it's really been eye opening to kind of see more of a storyline because I kind of just watched them as one offs. And so it's kind of fascinating right. to see. They so, did a great job. They did a great job with those movies. They did. How can people connect with you? Uh, yeah. So like I just said, like you said, I'm on uh, staff at FBCW. So you can go to FBCW.org and you can find my email my information there. Also, um, we uh, have weekly podcasts out for the college and young professional ministry that I pastor over. So if you want to connect with some of the messages, you can go to uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and uh, just type in FBCW College and Young Professionals and you'll find out there. Not that active on social media, but I do have a Facebook account. Just type in my name, Anthony Knight, and then have kind of like a little family Instagram account and it's Knight Pack, Knight underscore Pack. So, uh, yeah, that's how you can get connected with me. I love it. And that's Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. K-N-I-G-H-T. That's my last name. So we thought it would be a little creative, Knight Pack. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I love it. That's great. Well, let's dive into our episode topic for today. Today, we're talking about the value of a ministry mentor. And I know that you've had a mentor in your life. I know that you had several different mentors and kind of in your walk and your journey to kind of get you where you were at today. So Anthony and I uh, attended church together, actually at the Journey Church in Lebanon, Tennessee for, for many yeah. years. And, and I got to see Anthony serve in ministry and lead there as part of the student ministry and then young adults pastor too. So incredible person, great heart for students, great heart for young adults, great heart for the people of God, um, which I think is it's fantastic. So Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about your mentor experience? Yeah. So um, Pastor Eric Reed, who is the uh, head senior pastor at the Journey Church, where we were both a part of, man, God used him in an amazing way. I would not uh, be where I am now without him. I mean, he opened my eyes to just theology. He opened my eyes to apologetics. He opened my eyes to church leadership. Um, he just opened my eyes to all of that. I was uh, raw in my in my faith. I was uh, a baby in my faith when we first met, um, and I had a hunger and a passion for God's word, but um, didn't have any theology, but I did have a true, genuine love and a, a pretty good understanding of God's word. He just opened my eyes to what it means to be a pastor and, a, and, a, and to study theology, and then even use that with apologetics and evangelism. So um, I met him. I was, this was 
probably 20 years old at the time, 20, 21. And the Cumberland University, the, the school that I graduated from, my wife and I, uh, the church is literally walking distance from the university. Uh, and so that was a church that I attended. Uh, one of my closest friends, Lamar, invited me to that church. He said, you have to hear about this pastor. He's not afraid to talk about these tough things and, and back it up with scripture. So I was like, heck yeah, I'm all in. So I started attending, fell in love with just his leadership and his preaching. And since we were so close, uh, Pastor Eric just made an attempt to connect with those college students there that was already plugged in. So, so he would invite me over to his house and we would have meals. And and at that was the moment where I would just flood him with questions that I've always had. And he, he was just answering them all. And that's what kind of started the relationship. I think he knew that I was hunger, hungry for going deeper. And he was mm-hmm. pro- uh, providing just that nourishment. And that's what kind of birthed our, our relationship. That's awesome. So kind of talk a little bit about where that went, kind of where that went next. So I know, I know some of your journey along that, but how did that kind of morph from that aspect of him really pouring into you kind of then? And then as, it, as you transitioned on to staff, what did that mentorship look like? Yeah. So since uh, Eric is such a theology nerd like me, we could sit for hours and just talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, certain interpretations and certain theological perspectives on issues in scripture. So that just birthed into, you know, he's heavily influential and uh, Lifeway camps when he goes and he goes and mm-hmm. preaches at Fuge. And uh, man, he just said, hey, you want to uh, uh, ride to camp with me? And that's where we really got close. But I've skipped the part before then. It was I was right before I was about to graduate. He asked me, hey, um, what, what, what are you, what's your plans after graduation? And I had no idea. And I had a friend who just completed an internship at a church a couple miles away. And I just randomly said it like it wasn't premeditated. I just said, I mean, it'd be cool to maybe uh, intern at a church. I had no idea what that even looked like. He, I mm-hmm. just said it. Uh, he looked at me and said, I'll, I'll look into it. Since I didn't know anything about how that works, mm-hmm. I didn't even take that as he was going to try to get me on on his church. I was thinking maybe he has some ministry friends that he can throw my name to. Had right. no true idea what he was talking about. And maybe a couple of weeks later, he gives me a call and offers me uh, internship. Um, and that's, that's how that started. I started intern, uh, interning there at the journey. And through that, that's what gave me the the flexibility and schedule for him to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to Ridgecrest. Hey, I'm going to union. Hey, I'm going to all of these other, um, camps and student conferences and those car rides it would be me, him and his son, me, him, mm-hmm. um, and other, uh, friends, Lamar, Larry, other people. And man, we just, Talked about life, talked about theology, talked about church ministry. And 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 through that, I end up increasing my responsibility as a church. So I moved from intern uh, to the director over uh, college and young professional ministry, then moved to teaching uh, one of the teaching pastors. And he he I'll never forget one of the trips that he was I went with him on. He he got out of the shower. He came and looked at me. He was like, hey, man, I, I think I want you to share your testimony. Um, and, um, and, and one part of the message. So that's really what gave birth to me starting mm-hmm. to teach and preach. So I had like a day to figure out, I think the first time <laughs> it was only a couple hundred students, but I think the second time I did it, it was like eight, nine, almost a thousand, uh, students. Yeah. And I just started sharing my testimony and that was the doorway for me to even 
really take a journey into preaching and teaching. So it's, it's crazy how the Lord did that. Yeah, that's awesome. And now you speak at several of our different Lifeway camps from Fuge to yeah. think, uh, Student Life for Kids, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. So he, so. I mean, he, he was the door to all of that. All of that God used him. So I'm, it's just amazing. Yeah, kind of a real common theme through that really was that Eric was just very intentional. One intentional about bringing you along to things, but then also just the whole let's just do life together. I love that yeah. you two bonded over. I think a lot like me, I could sit down and talk theology for hours too. Right. Uh, but I love that y'all bonded over that, you know, so you had that common ground and then also yeah. just the let's do life together. You know, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I guess the next question kind of is, did you seek that mentorship relationship out? Did you ask him, Hey, you know, will you mentor me? Or was that more just kind of, it just kind of happened and fell into it. Yeah, man, it was, it was extremely organic. It was, um, I was reading God's word and I was becoming aware that there are multiple different interpretations on certain hot button topics. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the church. He was the pastor of the church. I was attending for a couple weeks, couple months. So he was the one that I was asking questions mm-hmm. and, and it just morphed into, Hey, you should check out this um, podcast by Wayne Grudem. Hey, you should check out this. And then we would have follow up and, and we would just chew on the things that I was learning and, and then it just it just turned into it. it. It wasn't nothing. Hey, can we meet up every such and such and do this? It was just an organic situation. And he literally has an open door policy in his home. So anyone can just walk into his house. Um, so that actually helped where it could be, be more organic. Nice. That's awesome. I love that. So now that you're kind of on this side, so you're not at the journey anymore, right. but I imagine Eric still has a, a big role in your life, but also as yeah. you kind of seek and as you grow into this next gen role that you're in now, what are some things that you look for in a mentor? Like if you were seeking out another mentor, that kind of a deal, what are some of the things that you would encourage people to look for in a mentor? Yeah, man, I think, I think everyone, um, as you continue in ministry, what the Lord is going to open your eyes to is the things that you're good at. And the things that you're not so good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, man, you want to you you continue on to uh, hone in on your strengths. So you want to find people who are still better than your strengths, than the things that you're good at. Good at. Uh, but you want to spend a lot of time, man, um, being around people who uh, who are great at your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I personally realized was I'm I'm passionate about theology, theology and and talking about uh, uh, tough things that make people either A, want to walk away from their faith or B, um, they just want to just let it go and just not even study deeply because they feel mm-hmm. like there's no point. Man, I'm naturally gifted to go in that direction. Um, but because of my experience, not necessarily growing up in a healthy church and not being a part of a healthy church until I was 20, 21, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know anything about church leadership. I didn't know anything about the value of leadership and decision-making and having influence and, and, and all of those things. So um, that was something that I'm, that I'm excited to continue to uh, cross paths with people who are expertise in that. And leadership is one of those things that experience is a, is, is a must for you to grow in that. Um, so yep. getting around people who are more experienced than me and asking questions and paying attention to why people make decisions the way that they do. So uh, I think that understanding your weaknesses and understanding your strengths and finding people who, who can help you in those areas. I think that it really is a key is it's so important to identify the areas that you are weak in 
And then to have people and have a mentor that can, that can see that and not just say, we'll get better at it, but really help mold and shape, shape those areas. I know know in my own life, when I've looked at the different mentors that I've had, that was really crucial. And I can be the kind of person that I can just make the decision and move on. And early on, you know, kind of the young and you know, young and just think you've got it all together, right? Yeah. Everybody's been there. Yeah. You wake, you wake up like mid twenties, and you're like, "Oh crap, I was an idiot. What was I doing?" You know, <laughs> exactly. at least that's the case for me. But you know, kind of wake it up to the man. You've really also got to think about how your leadership decisions affect other people. Like, right, you right. Know, like you, you can't just think through these things and just go at it because you. It's maybe the it may be the right decision, but it also has to matter how it affects other people in the church as well. Kind of exactly. And so, so that was a big lesson I learned from from one of my mentors as well. I think another I think another key thing too is being able to allow people to mentor you at a distance, and this is what mm-hmm. I mean by that. At the end of the day everyone is not going to be able to carve out time to really pour into you like we would want. Um, it's just not reality. Yep. There's going to be some influential people that's in your circles that you, you're just not going to be able to get that much of their time. And, and that's okay. Sadly, that does rub people the wrong way. And, 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 if, and if people and leaders in the church are being lazy and not creating that time, then that's a problem. But the reality is you're just not always going to be able to get people's time. But that doesn't mean you still can't learn from them. That doesn't mean you still can't absorb and soak um, information um, from them. Um, so I think that's so important where um, you may not you may can only have one coffee uh, meeting with someone for a whole year, but still learn so much from them by just watching them and watching them at a distance. So, and I think I was able to do that with a couple of people as well. Um, so I think that's something that is not is it's not always talked about. Yeah, I think you're right. A great wisdom there to, to say that. I think that is crucial. So what are some things that as you as you look to now kind of mentor other people, what are some things that you want to emulate as a mentor to to other people? Yeah, man, that's such a good thing. I think um, one of the things that God is teaching me right now in this new season of life is um, learning how to lead in your brokenness. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is don't try to act like you have it all together. I never want to mentor someone and they look at me and they say, man, Anthony Knight has it all together because that's a, such a lie. And that that sets up just false hope. It sets up just it's just not true. Uh, so being able to be so transparent and real and um, and and I, th- I think it was from uh, Oswald Chambers. Uh, he says that I think it's from him or, or maybe it's someone else that a, a leadership book that I was reading. But um Jesus is the only perfect leader um, that we're motivated to follow. Every other leader that 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 portrays him or herself as perfect, they're not. No one's going to really going to be able to follow them because they're not going to feel like they can relate to them. Um, so just that's one of the things that I, I want to set um, just up front. Whoever uh, uh, I the Lord allows me to have influence over, man, I want them to see me as a broken saint. That's what I want them to see me as. Um, and, and then I guess number two is just, man, what's, what's, what are you going through? What, what specific thing are you needing? And I just want to be able to meet that need, um, for however time that the Lord puts us together. But, but the first point leading in brokenness, I think, um, I think right now, uh, specifically with young people, we are, 
um, attacked, uh, I think, by the enemy. And I think think about false expectations to think that I'm always supposed to be on this spiritual high. And if I'm not on this spiritual high, then I can't be used for for Jesus. If I'm not doing everything right, then I can't be used for Jesus. And the reality is that ain't it, man. We feel right. like crap. We fail. We don't, we're not perfect. We say things we shouldn't say. All of that is going to always be in our lives. Um, now, that doesn't mean that excuses us to pursue after holiness, but the reality is right. we are going to fail um, a lot. And we're still called to lead in spite of those failures as, as we continue to confess our sin and as we continue to realize that we're just not perfect. So I think just that's something that I feel like the Lord is really speaking to me. And I want to emulate that in, in my uh, mentorship is I'm not perfect. Neither are you but we're still about to get after the, the kingdom of God and we're still about to preach the good news and we're still, still going uh, to call the lost. We're still going to do all of these things um, and we're going to lead in our brokenness and point to people, to the one who can heal our brokenness. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When I look at different mentors that I've had in my own life, I've learned a lot from them across the board, but man, it really, it makes the lessons and the stuff you're learning hit home when you are walking through a situation where they, they may have messed up or, or like you said, still leading in that brokenness. Cause it's like, then it really shows you how do you walk through that with grace and love to other people, but then also how do you treat yourself through that situation? You know, yeah, that to me was huge seeing different mentors and leaders, kind of how they dealt with tough situations, kind of things really, really taught me a ton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see with all of these um, influential church leaders who who fall and it just that shakes up. It shakes up the uh, the church so much. In reality, it should. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I think when we have these false expectations, it just does more harm than good. And I think that, um, man, that's why think about it, that's why the Bible always highlights the biblical giants failures and flaws. I think God was intentional when he did mm -hmm. that. David, Moses, Abraham, you see these highlights of how they just blew it. And, and, and the Bible offers us to be transparent in that way. Uh, and I don't want to be around people who walk around and think that they're perfect. And I don't want to be that person either. Um, and I think that's missing in, in, in leadership specifically in the church. So that's a great point. And I, I love then how also the Bible just brings in the redemptive aspect of it too, to, to constantly remind us yeah, we, we have messed up, but yet there's still redemption and hope and God can still yeah. use us in that. You look at like, you look at where David's at, you know, like you mentioned, like some of his failures, man, you were, you, you'd already written all these things. You were really close to God, but yet you still have this failure. And then yet you see God say, you know, send him the prophet. Nathan comes into the picture, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. whole entire story. And yet then God still uses him. You know, I just love that aspect yeah. of redemption in there. I think you're, you're right yeah. on the money. It's important, man. We've talked a little, quite a bit about being a mentor here in this last little section, but then also being mentored. You talked about how I love in your story, just how organically it happened. And it really is an incredible story. I, I got to watch it from a distance, I think, for mm -hmm. a couple of years, kind of a deal, which is fantastic. But what do you do and how? what advice would you give to people listening to this podcast when that mentorship doesn't happen organically, or maybe it's a bit more of a struggle, or maybe your, your mentor is you know, kind of life seasons and life change just happen. So how would you go about seeking out a mentor? What advice would you give? Yeah, man, I think number one is, is, is prayer. This, this whole situation reminds me of, uh, I have a conversation with a lot of young people and they, they say, oh, man, I just, I just don't have any um, Christian friends. I just don't have any Christian friends to hang out with. All of my friends are not pursuing after holiness. 
Um, and the first thing I always say is, well, do you pray for it? I think that's one of those things that is easy. It's like we look around, we don't see what we want, and then we just walk around in pity. It's like, no, go to the Lord and ask. To, you think that he's not going to send you some Christian friends if you if you ask for it? And I think I would respond the same way. If you find yourself in this season where it's like you don't have a lot of uh, uh, spiritual maturity around you, um, then go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to send you someone. Um, and, and, and maybe your eyes just needs to be open to someone. Maybe there's someone right in front of you. And for whatever reason, you don't think that they have, uh, they're, they're at their place spiritually to lead you and to mentor you. Um, but they actually are. And maybe the Lord can open your eyes to that. Um, uh, cause a lot of times we look for mentors who are, I guess, popular, but maybe mm-hmm. there's someone who only five people know him in your local church, but that's the exact uh, man or woman of God that he wants you. So I, I think the first thing is run to prayer and ask the Lord to send them, or maybe he or she is already in your face and you just need to ask the Lord to open your eyes to that person. Um, and then mm-hmm. after that, you just go and just ask, say, hey, man, hey, uh, I'm, I'm struggling in these areas or I'm actually not struggling, but I just I want to go deeper. Can you help me? Is your, does your schedule permit you to to meet up weekly, biweekly or whatever the situation is? So. Um, so, yeah, not 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 a fancy, complex answer, but I just <laughs> run to the Lord in prayer and ask him to open up a door for for someone to pour into you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Last week, our episode was on friendships. And that's something that Zach Workin, who was our guest on that said too, was pray for friends. And you even said it there, students sometimes say, I need more Christian friends and they don't see them. And your question was, are you praying for them? So I think it's absolutely right, right here, you know, pray for those mentors, pray for those people. I love too, that how you talked about, you know, it may be the person right in front of you that you don't even realize, you know, I think sometimes yeah. we think of like, oh, I need a mentor, like I'm in student ministry. So I'm, I need a mentor of a student pastor who is you know, in, in this place at this church or whatever the case is, but there's other people who have, who can pour into you and mentor you in other ways as well than just from maybe the job professional. I think it is good to have some of those mentors who understand your context as well, but also like those spiritual mentors, you know, they may be, it doesn't have to be the pastor or somebody like that. It can be the person who's been walking faithfully with God for for years, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You don't know what, you don't know what experience someone has. They could have, they could, they could be in ministry in student ministry 12 years ago, but they're just a, a, a lay person in your uh, church right now. You don't even know that. So, um, yep. yeah, I think too, a, a key piece is, and you kind of hit on this too, is just keeping your eyes open for mentorship possibilities. And maybe it's, mm-hmm. or, or, or also just keeping your eyes open for people who you can look to. Like, I loved how you put it earlier, the, the kind of mentorship from a distance. I can think back several instances in student ministry where that that kind of happened seeing somebody from a distance like oh man i really need to pay attention here but also one that i think really sticks out for me personally is some of the listeners of the podcast know i loved i love sports and so i referee sports and when i was getting involved yeah i remember that yeah uh when i was getting involved in refereeing lacrosse there was a a gentleman who was a great official had done several NCAA championships in our area, wow. in our area, uh, like at the top of his game. And he didn't go around and just say, Hey, let me mentor you. But at every mm-hmm. game that I worked with him, he would ask really, really tough questions. And a lot of people took that. They could, they didn't like it. They were like, why is this person getting on to me? And I looked at it <laughs> instead of like, but he would be like, why are you standing there? And I'd be like, I don't know why I'm standing here. Where do I need to stand? And he goes, well, you should know that. And I'm like, I should know that. And then it made me stop <laughs> and think and process yeah. step A, right. step B. Okay. And I mean, it, I'm legitimately a much better official today for the 
two years that I got to work with that person because they asked the tough questions. And so I think when we look at a role of a mentor in our life, we need to be able to have someone that can pour in and and ask those tough questions, you know, to help refine us that you talked about. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So Anthony, today we've talked a lot about mentorship, but I'd love to ask you the question since you spent so much time in student ministry, what advice would you give yourself as a younger student ministry leader, student pastor, kind of now that you're on this side, you're in this next gen role, you're still helping shepherd and shape students, young adults, but what advice would you give to yourself and to other student pastors now kind of being on a couple years down the road, this side of ministry? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I think um, number one, I would say, uh, don't be afraid to try new things, man. That just me personally, uh, I, you know, there's always, we all have insecurities in some way. And and one of the insecurity of mine will be just the, the, the fear of failing. Um, so, man, if you let that fear seed you, you, you will not try new things. You, you're always going to take the path of the least resistance. Um, you're always going to take the path of, um, um, well, this makes sense that it's going to work the easiest in this way. So I'm just going to go this way. Uh, or that will cause you to be critical on new ideas. So I would just say that's a big advice I would give myself is, don't be afraid to fail. Do not be afraid to fail. Um, if you are, if, if you are going to fail, as long as you're, fa- if you're failing to promote the kingdom of God, I mean, that's an area that's pretty good to fail on. And that's an area that I think Jesus is going to correct your mistakes. He's going to direct you in the right direction. Um, so that will be one big one. And, and this is one that just is just a reminder of something that I do believe that the Lord taught me early on, but it just for affirmation, if I was to be able to teach some out younger self would be, uh, remember, students desire deep truth. So don't believe the hype that um, just because they're young um, that they are not going to be able to handle deep truth. That is a humongous lie from the enemy. Um, and that's I think that's just laziness in the pulpit in student ministries. Um, uh, and if you are if you are doing your study of God's word, um, then you should be able to teach these deep truths because they need it. They're learning deep truths in the world. They're learning complicated these. 12 year olds can take a computer apart and put it back together. You telling me they can't uh, l- uh, learn these things. So just don't, don't believe that, that, that lie. Um, so man, that would be too uh, off the bat right there. Don't be afraid, afraid to try new things um, and, and, and be innovative while at the same time, do not be afraid to go deep with these students because they are desperately in need of the beautiful uh, 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 truths about who God is, how God's word came to be and all of that. So, so yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And listeners, obviously you see and can hear Anthony's passion for student ministry and for those students. So that is fantastic wisdom. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Anthony. It's been a great time. Uh, We look forward to hopefully having you on again soon. Maybe we will have a conversation about deep truths in student ministry. Uh, I love your passion right there, man. So fantastic. Great to hear from you again. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next week.